Well, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to LifePoint Church. My name is Adam Purcell. I'm the teaching pastor here. We are really glad that you're here to worship Jesus with us this morning, whether it's your first time or you've been here lots and lots of times. We are genuinely thankful that you're here to celebrate Jesus with us this morning. So we've been in a series where we're studying through Hebrews 11 and just a little bit of chapter 12, but today we're not going to do that. We're going to take a break from our, our series in Hebrews 11 because... And I don't know if you noticed or not, typically there's not a giant tub of water uh, here in, in front. And so today we get to celebrate people going public with their faith uh, through baptism at the 930 service. We were able to celebrate six people uh, getting going public through baptism. Uh, today we currently have three people who have already signed up and we're, we're praying that maybe some more of you, whether you do it or not, will also go public with baptism today. And so we're going to take a break from our series in Hebrews 11 and talk for just a little bit about one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, it's Galatians 2.20. And so let's take a moment and let's pray, and then we'll study God's word for a little bit. And I, and I want to say really quickly before we pray, so I was right there during the 9.30 service, and I had a pretty unique experience uh, for me at LifePoint Church. My five-year-old Annie, who I love, she's amazing, right, was just treating me like a jungle gym the whole time that we were singing. And some of you, your, your kindergartners or your second graders or third graders, they're here with you and you're, you love them and you're so thankful for them. And so I had a parent come up to me and say, thank you so much for talking way less than normal because I wasn't sure how that was gonna go. And so I just want you to know, this is less than normal so we can do this. And so if you were wondering, if you were worrying, yes, that's a thing. So um, let's pray and let's talk about just one verse. Great, great verse in God's word. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and, and thank you that you've chosen to reveal yourself to us through your holy word. And, and Father, we are so thankful that you have made a way for us to be made new. God, you have sent your son Jesus. He lived perfectly. He was executed on a cross to pay the penalty for our sin. And he lives again by his resurrection. And he invites everybody everywhere to trust him. And he makes us new. So, Father, we're thankful for the reminder that baptism gives to us, that in Christ we have been made new, we have died to our sin, and we have risen to newness of life. Father, thanks for the six people at the 930 and the three people at the 11 who have chosen to go public through baptism today. We certainly ask that you would bless them. And, Father, as we open your word, help us to do it well. God, please be here active and present among us by your Holy Spirit, God, revealing yourself to us so that everyone here would know and love your son, Jesus. We pray all these things in his holy name. Amen. So Galatians 2.20, our only verse for this morning. Here Paul is writing a letter to the church in Galatia, and he says, I have been crucified with Christ, which is really a staggering statement when you think about it, because Paul was clearly alive enough to be writing a letter to the church in Galatia, and yet he, he opens this verse and he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And, and I think when we're, when we're used to kind of growing up in the church, we, we hear these things and we forget to, to think about them. But if Paul were being literal here, here's what he would have to mean. He would have to mean that it was Jesus in the middle, thief one, thief two, and then Paul getting killed by execution over there on the fourth cross. But that's not what he means. He's clearly alive and well when he's writing this letter to the church in Galatia. So we have to ask, well, what, what does he mean? Like, like, how is it that this person who's clearly alive can write something that says, I'm dead? How, how is it that he can do that? So he says, I have been crucified with Christ. And he says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh. So he's there acknowledging what was clear because he's writing a letter. He's like, oh, I'm still very much alive. 
I'm still very much alive and walking around in my flesh or in my body, depending on what translation you, you use. He says, in the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, whose name is Jesus, who loved me and gave himself for me. I have been crucified with Christ. I don't live anymore, but Christ lives in me. Maybe the way we could summarize what Paul is saying there is he is saying, hey, by faith in God's son, Jesus, I have been made new. I used to have a life before I knew Christ, and that life is dead and gone. It was nailed to the cross, and I am now new. Not because I made myself new, but because Jesus has the power to make people new. And by faith, Paul is saying, I have been united with him. And somehow, some way, part of what that means for all of us who can say yes to that, I have been united to Christ by faith in him. Somehow, some way, that means you and I, we too, like Paul, were crucified with Jesus. And we too now walk. We live this life by faith in the Son of God who, and, and, and again, it's really easy to skip over the last part of 220 where it says, who loved me and gave himself for me. Because a, a lot of us, not all of us, but a lot of us grew up in church. And so our parents, they taught us, hey, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Great song. If you have kids, teach them that song. It's a great song. But because of that, it can be really easy to just fly right through this and miss, no, wait, like this verse just reminded us Jesus loves you. Like he gave himself for you. And the way we use love in our culture, it, it isn't, doesn't help us to understand what it's saying because it's like, yes, Jesus loves me and I love my wife. I also love Taco Bell and Durkos and the Browns and the Buckeyes, go Bucks. Like I, I love, I love, amen. I love all of these, I love all of these things. And so it kind of dilutes what the word love means when, when I think about it. But I want to remind you or point your attention to what is here being declared. Paul is saying, by faith. And if you have faith, this is you too. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. And because of that, I don't live anymore. I had a life before Jesus that is dead and gone. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. God, the word tells us, John, John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. Jesus was glad to die, to redeem a people through himself to the Father. Through Christ, we are made new. And the way Paul's saying it is, I was crucified with Christ, and I don't live anymore, but now I'm living. But really, it's not me. It's Jesus living in me. And so, so how do you know if that's new? If I were to ask you, are you new? Has Jesus made you new? Well, that's a great question. It's a great question to reflect on from time to time. How, how do you answer that question? And, and the way that I would recommend kind of framing that out is really two questions, and we call them confession, connection, confession, connection. So the confession question is, do you confess Jesus as your Savior and Lord? Do you? And, and I want to stress, we always ask that question in the present tense, because a lot of people, when you ask them that question, you said do, but they hear did. And so they begin to tell you a story about how once upon a time at a church service or a camp thing or a sports thing or some sort of thing, someone did something and they said, hey, do you trust Jesus? And they said yes to that question a long, long time ago. That's really important. So glad that happened. Not what we're asking. What we're asking is, if you and I could speak right now, and we were to ask you the question, do you confess Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, what would you say? And we certainly hope and pray that the answer is yes. 
Yeah, I would say that. I would confess that, that right now in this very moment, yes, I love Jesus. I trust Jesus. He is mine and I am his. He is my Savior and my Lord. And if you can say yes to that, then we need to get to the second question. And so the second question is the connection question. The connection question is, are you seeking to connect that confession to every area of life? And we need to be clear again, we mean both parts of the confession. So there's the Savior part. And so what does it look like to seek to connect that confession to every area of my life? It means that on a daily basis, as much as I am able, I remind myself, I don't save me. I already have all of God's love. Jesus loved me and gave himself for me before I was born. Did you catch that? Right? So Paul wrote this a long, long time ago, like 60-ish AD. Jesus died 30-ish AD. Right? And so Paul is saying, Jesus loved me and gave himself for me. How many good things have you done when Jesus died? The answer is none. You weren't born yet, unless you're really old. And if that's you, come talk to me. I would love to meet you because you're like 2,300 years old, right? Like, how many good things had you done when Jesus died for you? None. You hadn't done anything yet. And yet Paul here tells us Jesus loved you and gave himself for you. And so when we connect that confession that Jesus is my Savior to our life, it reminds us that I don't earn more of God's love through my good behavior. Should I try to do what Jesus says? That's the Lord part? Yes, I should. Do I earn more of God's favor through that? No. I already have all of the forgiveness I need through grace by trusting God's son Jesus. And so are you seeking to connect that confession? Jesus is my savior, but also Jesus is my Lord. And by that, we mean you're trying to do what he says. Now, a lot of people would say, yes, you're like, yes and yes, and you're quick to say, but that connection thing, I'm not very good at that. And to that, we would say, nobody's very good at it. If you meet someone who tells you that they're very good at it, they're probably either really, really proud or really self-deceived, or they're just lying to you about what their walk with Jesus is like. Because it is, it is easy if you're just focused on like not being a mass murderer and not lying every second of every day. Yeah, pretty easy to do what Jesus says in those particular categories. But if you've ever read the New Testament and you begin to actually think through like, what Jesus is commanding us to do, you, you figure out pretty quickly, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not very good at doing what Jesus says. Jesus says to give away my money. I'm not very good at that. Jesus says to be his witness everywhere, to be sharing the gospel on a regular basis. I'm not very good at that. The word tells us to pray without ceasing. I'm not very good at that, right? And so if, you're, if your list is not mass murderer, yeah, you're hopefully doing pretty well at that. If your list is Jesus, becoming like Jesus, living like Jesus, speaking like Jesus, thinking like Jesus, you figure out pretty quick, nobody's very good at it. And that's kind of the point. I can't save me. Only Jesus can save me. And so, so what does baptism signify? So what we're gonna see here, here in just a few minutes is the first person will, will get in here and you'll, they'll be sitting here and, and they'll be more or less dry. And, and we'll say something like, do you trust Jesus as your Savior and Lord? And then they'll either say yes or shout yes or nod yes. We've never had someone say no at that point. I don't know what we do. Then it's like, <laughs> get out. I don't know. Like, I don't know what to do now. Uh, hopefully that will never happen. But, you know, I guess, I guess we'll see. Right? And so, so they're basically dry. And then they confess publicly before their church family, yes, I trust Jesus. I love Jesus. And so then I'm going to say to them, then it's my privilege to baptize you as a brother or a sister in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then they will plug their nose and then they'll disappear. 
just for a minute. If, if they're really bad, maybe like five minutes, just kidding. We don't, it's not also, again, not how it works. Um, but you'll see them disappear. And what that is a picture to us of is how in Christ we were buried with him in his death. We were crucified with him and we were buried with Christ in his death. And so that picture, baptism pictures to us, buried with Christ, and then they'll come back up. And that symbolizes to us that they and anyone who has trusted Jesus, whether you've been baptized yet or not, this is already true of you, have been raised to walk in newness of life. Jesus' grave is currently empty, mine too. One day, my grave will be empty. And if you are in Christ, one day your grave, like Jesus's, will be empty. We have been raised to walk in newness of life. We have been crucified with Christ and don't live anymore, but now Jesus lives in us. And they'll be soaking wet. And that is a picture to us that Christ and his shed blood has washed away all of their sin. All their, all their yesterday sins, all their today sins, all their tomorrow sins. Completely and utterly wiped out. Because they have been united with Jesus. And they get as gift, we get as gift, his righteousness and his life, which is indestructible. That's what baptism pictures. It's a way for them to say publicly, I trust Jesus. I love Jesus. And so we want to encourage you, if, if you're here and you can say yes to the confession, yes, I confess Jesus as Savior and Lord, you can say yes to the connection. Yes, I'm seeking to connect that confession to all of my life. But you haven't done that yet. Not since you became a believer. Maybe you're like me and you were baptized as an infant. We would say that's awesome. We would say that's an expression of your parents' hope that you would one day love Jesus. My dad was a Methodist pastor, baptized me as an infant. That's meaningful to me. I still did this. Not here. I did it in the Kokosing River, just, just over there. Pastor Norris from First Church um, baptized me when I was... 22 years old, right after I'd become a believer. And so, so we're not saying that's not meaningful. We're saying actually this is a fulfillment in some ways of what your parents hoped would be the case for you if, if that's part of your story like it is for me. And so if you've not done this yet, but you can say yes to confession, yes to connection, and no, since becoming a Christian, I haven't, I haven't done that yet, we have everything you need. We have t-shirts, we have undergarments, we have swim trunks, we have hair ties, we have deodorant, we have combs, we have bags, we have plastic bags inside of the plastic bags to put all your wet stuff in. We, we have everything that you would need to make that decision today. And, and we're praying that maybe some of you, some of you will. And so after I pray here in a moment, we're gonna baptize three people and then we will sing two songs. If you are interested in exploring getting baptized this morning, even if that wasn't your plan, go through, go up the stairs over here and into our LifePoint Kids crew room, right? So it's where K through four hang out on Sunday mornings and there'll be staff there to greet you. They'll ask you the confession and connection question, give you all you need and give you a gift, right? Free candle and book, yay. Um, and then, which is not why you get baptized. Um, and then you'll come meet us down here. So if that's you, I, I wanna challenge you to consider today being your day and taking that step. So for the other three, uh, I'm gonna pray and I'll, I'll meet you here in, in a moment, but let's praise the Lord for the reality that he controls light. <laughs> yes, God? Um, so, um, oh, and I have to remember, I need to say this too. I'm a Midwesterner, most of you are good Midwesterners too. When we see something exciting, we say, oh, how nice. 
It's very pleasant to see that baptism. I just want you to know, like, this is a big deal, so you're allowed to shout and stand up and clap and cheer. That's okay, you don't have to, but you're allowed to do that. Like, it is appropriate for the people of God to celebrate new life in Christ. It's kind of a big deal. So let's take a minute and let's pray, and then we'll baptize at least three people. And if you want to be number four, uh, we would love to talk with you right over there and then, and then right here. Let's pray together, please. Father in heaven, we praise you and thank you for the gift of new life that you offer to everybody everywhere through your son Jesus and his death and resurrection. Um, Father, we're, we're thankful for the people who have already uh, been baptized this morning and who are about to be. And Father, we certainly ask that you would bless their life, that you would help them to love you and follow you all the days of their life, and that they would know the power of Jesus' resurrection. Father, we again just humbly say to you, thanks. Thanks for being a God who is good, who delights in forgiving us of our sin, giving us the gift of new life for free through your son, Jesus. I pray all of these things in his holy name. Amen.